You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Episode 5, The Government Always Wins. I'm Dori Berenstein. And I'm Sally Horchow, and we are the producers of Is This a Room on Broadway. On June 3rd, 2017, 11 FBI agents appeared at the home of Reality Lee Winner, a 25-year-old Air Force linguist, to interrogate her about leaking a classified document proving Russian interference in the 2016 election. Is This a Room, the critically acclaimed Broadway play, reenacts the verbatim transcript of that interrogation. When we started the journey of bringing Is This a Room to Broadway, we knew there was so much the public didn't know about reality's story. So we created the podcast, This is Reality, to provide a deeper look inside the very important and very timely story of Reality Winner. In our last episode, we explored the harrowing journey of Reality's arrest and subsequent bond hearings. In this episode, Reality's former defense attorney, Titus Nichols, details the legal challenges faced by Reality. Titus Nichols was appointed by the court to represent Reality at her first bail hearing on Monday, June 5, 2017. He was assigned to Reality's case because he was one of a few lawyers near Augusta, Georgia, who had a security clearance due to his service in the military. He recalls how the proceedings were unusual from the very beginning. So typically what happens is when you're first brought to court, you um, enter your plea of guilty, not guilty, and then you argue over bond with the judge. That's usually done within your first hearing. So I've said to the judge, Your Honor, I've had a chance to talk to my client. We are ready to address bond. The prosecutor immediately stands up and says, Your Honor, we're not ready to go forward. Um, we asked for a, a continuance till Thursday. Again, that's kind of odd. Why do you need three days to prepare to, because all the government's going to do is ask that she be denied bond. Again, still not understanding what the full scope of it. It wasn't until the Department of Justice press release about Reality Winner that the full scope of Reality's case became clear. Titus Nichols explains why it was unusual for the federal government to put out a press release about Reality. The DOJ only does that when they want to spike the football. People are prosecuted by the federal government every single day. They are prosecuted for the most ticky-tacky of offenses, and the DOJ does not put out a press release. They only put out a press release when it, they get the big fish. Usually the press release comes from the U.S. attorney for that district. 
and they're appointed by the president. So they have a political motivation to brag, but if they get some defense contractor, then they put out a big press release they can brag to everyone about how tough they are on crime and all that type of stuff. So it's all politically motivated. The news coverage from that moment forward was relentless. The mystery is unraveling this morning about the young woman who took the bold step of sending a top secret document to reporters to prove the Russians were hacking the American election. It's a clear violation of the law, if true, and her life will never be the same as the U.S. government and the FBI prepared to make an example out of her for leaking. Despite all of the national news attention, the legal team was prepared to fight for bond for reality. Although, as the days went on, it was looking like the cards were stacked against her. So we're prepared to argue for bond because when you when it comes to arguing bond, it's not a question of whether the person is guilty or innocent. It's a question of several factors the court has to look at to determine is this person likely to return to court to face trial? Are they a risk of fleeing? Um, what's the likelihood of being convicted? Um, do they is there a risk that they're going to commit new felonies? Are they going to intimidate witnesses? All those factors we addressed. No, she, there's no there's no risk of her intimidating witnesses because there are no other witnesses. There's no risk of her committing a new offense because the offense is disclosed in a top secret document. She is barred from going on to the base. She no longer has access to any super secret documents. So there's no way she can disclose anything else. Plus, they've already collected her cell phones and computers. So she can't go back onto any electronic device and disclose something else. So legally, there was no basis to deny bond. However, as we learn at every turn in reality's case, the law doesn't really apply when you've been charged with a crime against the government. Politically, there was no way in the world she's gonna get bond, but we still fought hard anyways. However, due to the Espionage Act, the defense would hit a roadblock at every turn. Titus explains how, since the Obama administration, there have been many more prosecutions under the Espionage Act. Now you're seeing more prosecutions of so-called leakers who disclose information. And what what the singular the thing that ties all these different people together is that the information they disclose does, does not result in anybody being killed, does not result in anybody being injured, does not result in some type of military operation being compromised. It embarrasses the government. And so in response to these documents being disclosed that embarrass the government, you see these federal prosecutions. What makes the Espionage Act so difficult to defend versus, say, shooting somebody is that the Espionage Act automatically has a 10 year sentence. If you are found guilty, you are given 120 months. It does not matter your lack of history. It does not matter mitigating uh, issues. Given how difficult it is to build a defense under these circumstances, most people don't stand a chance when being prosecuted under the Espionage Act, especially if you're someone like reality without significant financial backing, access to high-profile government support, or formidable connections of any kind. Most defendants don't have the resources to fight the Department of Justice, and the federal government knows that. And I'm pretty sure we dealt with the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of Georgia, Maine Department of Justice out of D.C., the National Security Agency, although you would see them in the courtroom, but they would never say who they are, but we knew it was NSA. You're dealing with all these different agencies, all the different knowledge and experience they have. They have the ability to bring together a whole slew of lawyers to write whatever brief they need for their motion. Whereas we on the defense, we're 
only operating off of what information the government gives us. Another issue when defending someone who is charged with the Espionage Act is that everything has to go through security clearance. So even talking about the case with your team can be challenging. Titus explains. Everything is at the TSSCI level. So I had to have my security clearance upgraded. But the problem is when you have that security clearance, there are, you literally cannot say certain words. Like if I'm on the phone talking to co-counsel, co-counsel, we can't say Operation Rubber Ducky because that is a violation of the security clearance. Even though we know what Operation Rubber Ducky is, we know what it's referring to. Everybody who's looked at the daily news knows what Operation Rubber Ducky is. We can't say that phrase. For us to even look at any documents related to the case, we had to go into the SCIF. That's what it's called. It's SCIF, Secret Compartmentalized Information Facility, something like that, the SCIF. We have to be inside of a SCIF in order to talk about Operation Rubber Ducky. Well, the problem with that, Augusta did not have a SCIF. Augusta had to convert a literal filing closet into a SCIF. We had to go into the filing closet in Augusta courthouse. So number one, if we want to do anything related to our case, we got to go to the courthouse. So that right there is an issue right there because I should be able to represent my client without having to go in front of the government. Then our client is an hour away in Lincoln, Georgia. So if we want to go speak with her, we have to schedule the court to have her transported all the way to Augusta, go into that small closet and talk about Operation Rubber Ducky. Whereas the government doesn't have that disadvantage. Their emails are secured, their telephones are secured, and they have a secured facility within their office. And so it's just that inherent disadvantage you have from the very beginning that any person charged with this has. Further, under the Espionage Act, the government was able to deny the legal team access to evidence. As a result, the defense team tried to prove that reality shared information that was already public knowledge and therefore not in violation of national security. We tried to argue that, look, the contents of this document were already in the public sphere. So nothing new was disclosed. Well, we can't get that because it's in the government's possession. So you're trying to prove an element in your defense, but the government won't give you the documents that you need to prove your defense. And what makes the statute so bad is because everything's national security. You have to get permission to even ask for certain things. And the government has the illegal authority to tell you no. I'm not giving you that document that you asked for because you haven't sufficiently explained why you need it. Titus explains how difficult it is to defend someone when you're up against the federal government. I've represented people in federal court before, but never, but like I said, I never had to deal with the full weight of the DOJ because this was a political prosecution. Really, the, the biggest sin that reality committed was she embarrassed the government. That's all fine when you're talking about terrorists or people who don't look like regular Americans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Throw them under the bus, point the finger, you know. But when it comes to the government, no, don't do that. Because then if you embarrass the government, they will come down hard on you. And they will do that to send a message to other people, don't do anything that embarrasses the government. If you're the government, the only way you can demonize the people who do it is by claiming national security. Because then people get all patriotic and they think, oh man, nuclear secrets, national security, woo, 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 woo. But then when you get into the details and if you talk to the average person, you're like, and you explain to them, hey, 
This is what Operation Rubber Ducky says. Do you really feel like this made us less safe? The average person's probably gonna say no. But when you put on the entire performance of the DOJ and paint the person out as being they hate America, they wanna burn down the White House, well now it's easy, especially in the Southern District of Georgia, to paint this person as a lunatic who they're a threat to the country. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the government claimed reality was a terrorist. They used this false characterization as their basis to deny reality bail. This is not how the Espionage Act was intended to be used. Titus explains. I definitely believe that the rulings were not in accordance with the law. Um, if you look at the appeal that we took all the way up to the 11th Circuit in regards to the second denial of bond, the court based its second denial on an element that's not even a part of the law. The question was, was the court said, I believe that she's a danger to society. That's not an element of the Espionage Act. You are not to consider whether you think someone is or is not a danger. And I, I even argued, I told that a lot of people, she's a five foot six blonde white girl. Who is she a danger to? She's not about to do anything or join Al Qaeda or anything. But the court put in its ruling that because it believed she was a danger to society, they were denying bond. Well, we appealed and we said the statute clearly says that's not a consideration. The district court even agreed and said, well, you're right. The statute doesn't say that, but we don't think that the rule lower court's ruling was an error, so we're going to support the denial of bond. And so this is the kind of systemic brick walls you keep running into where even when you point out something is wrong, the court still says, meh, not that big of a deal. We've appealed all the way up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, short of the U.S. Supreme Court. Nothing changed. Despite multiple appeals, there was nothing Reality's legal defense team could do to get Reality released on bail. But essentially, the court took the position that Reality was a risk of flight, that she was going to leave the country, that there was a risk that she was going to disclose more documents, and there was a risk that she was working with the Taliban or Al-Qaeda because they found notebooks in her home that were in Pashtun and other languages. That was, her, that was her occupation in the military, that she was a translator. The fact that they find Middle Eastern uh, writing, they assume she's working with the terrorists. But if it was Mandarin, they wouldn't think that she was working with the Chinese communist government or whatever. But again, it's the Southern District of Georgia. It is what it is. Um, and so Bond was denied. And so she was kept in confinement in Lincoln County, Georgia, which is a small rural county that's about an hour outside of Augusta. So that's where she was confined. And they 
we're not equipped for holding a federal inmate for a long time. Reality's sister, Brittany, reflects on the hardship caused by the government's denial of bail. There is no room for nuance when the government wants to come after you and characterize you in a way. They kept her in a rural county jail for over a year without bail. That served the prosecutor's purpose because it broke her spirit. There were times when reality and the other inmates were out of toilet paper for days. They were out of the bare simple necessities, you know, the, the humanity of it. Reality would have to call my mom who would have to call the warden of the jail there and ask for the simplest things. But they did that. The government kept her there to break her spirit so that she would plea, so that she would be silenced and locked away, and that she couldn't gain any perspective, that Reality was willing to take basically any plea deal that they put on the table because she needed to end the hell that she was in. If Reality hadn't pled out, things would have dragged on. She would have been still kept in that rural county jail as the trial proceeded, which would have taken a long time to even get to that point. And she knew that she needed to move on with her life. So transferring to federal prison at Carswell in Dallas-Fort Worth would actually allow her to live somewhat of a normal life. They have programs there. She could do correspondence college. This was all pre-COVID, obviously, but um, she just needed to get through this. And she knew that at that point, she had kind of a, a learned helplessness in that the truth wasn't gonna come out about the fact that she is an American patriot and not a traitor. She had kind of given up as far as the government being honest about the portrayal of her. After being held in that county jail without bond for over a year, Reality and her legal team finally decided it would be better to accept a plea deal than to go to trial. Bobby Christine, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Georgia, comments on the day Reality pleaded guilty. The sentence rendered today is the longest received by a defendant for an unauthorized disclosure of national defense information to the media. It appropriately satisfies the need for both punishment and deterrence in light of the nature and seriousness of the offense. She claimed to hate America. When asked, you don't really hate America, right? She responded, I mean, yeah, I do. It's literally the worst thing to happen on the planet. She was the quintessential example of an insider threat. Titus explains why they decided to take the plea deal. Going to trial on this would have been different because the way the trial was going to be conduct conducted is totally different than any other trial. What happens is that you still can't say Operation Rubber Ducky publicly. What happens is you give the, the jury a binder that has Operation Rubber Ducky documents in the binder, but you can't publicly talk about these documents. And so you're saying, you're on at this time, I'm tendering to the jury what's defense exhibit five. And the jury has to open up their binder to exhibit five. And I'm not allowed to publicly say, hey, exhibit five is such and such from Admiral so-and-so. So it really would have been this highly redacted public trial that just would have been very difficult and time consuming. So in order to save time and so the prosecution can say, hey, look, we got our victory, they offered us 60 months. We had tried to get the government to go down to 48, 42, but the government even told us that the reason why they're offering 60 was because of the jurisdiction they were in. They felt very confident that if they went to trial in the Southern District of Georgia, they'd get a guilty verdict. 
So there was no need for them to hedge their bets. We asked Titus if this experience had changed his perception of our justice system. I can't really say that it changed my worldview. Even though I am a lawyer, I still am a black man in America. So I'm always very, just very critical of criminal justice system and how the court system works. So I'm always walking in with this cynical view of, oh, defendant's gonna get screwed over some way or fashion. It's just, can I stop it? Or can I slow it down in some form or fashion? Here, it just blew my mind just how the government will use all of its inherent and systematic advantages against somebody without any regard for due process. Due process really just didn't exist because essentially here, she was denied bond twice. You can go to any courthouse in this country, in whatever city, and you'll see people who are charged with violent crimes who are given a bond. They might not be able to afford to pay it, but they're still given a bond. It's just the, the extent that the government went to paint her out as some type of fringed lunatic terrorist. You would think it would be, you would think it was an SNL skit. And you're sitting there thinking, no, there's no way the court's gonna believe this. You have no evidence to back that up. You are literally going off of writings in her notebook that you haven't even translated yet. And that's what made it even more frustrating. So it's just to the extent that the government relied on such flimsy evidence to justify denying this girl bond. And as we've seen from January 6th, you see what fringe lunatics do when they get together in large groups, but they get misdemeanors while reality gets five years in federal prison. Would things have been different if reality had been tried under a different administration? Titus weighs in. I think she would have gotten 60 months. I mean, because even under the Obama administration, they still prosecuted people who disclosed information. So she still would have been prosecuted. But I don't think she would have gotten 60 months. And I honestly think that if she was prosecuted in the Northern District of Georgia, she at least would have gotten a bond. It might have been a high bond, but I think she would have at least gotten a bond. Despite all the roadblocks they hit along the way, Titus is still glad that he had the opportunity to represent reality. I enjoy being a lawyer. I enjoy fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. In this situation, she's not a terrorist. Like, we got terrorists, and we saw thousands of them on January 6th. Those are terrorists. Reality ain't no terrorist. So I enjoy representing her. I enjoy talking with her. I enjoy getting to know her. So it's unfortunate that I had to meet her in these circumstances, but I don't regret representing her for one minute. In our next episode... We explore Reality's experience in prison, where she battled COVID, was sexually assaulted, and continued to be treated as America's number one terrorist. You can support Reality by signing her petition for clemency at standwithreality.org. Please join us for the next episode of This Is Reality, and for more information and tickets to all productions of Is This a Room, visit bpn.fm slash thisisreality. And make sure to check out all the podcasts on the Broadway Podcast Network. We'd like to thank our very special guests, Titus Nichols and Brittany Winner. This podcast is created, written, and produced by Dory Berenstein, Sally Horchow, Rebecca Aparicio, and the Broadway Podcast Network. Sound engineers are Alan Seals and Kimberly Garris. Podcast editor is Alan Seals. Executive producer is Liz Armstrong. This is Reality is part of the Gotham's fiscal sponsorship program under the Sound and Light Project. 
Please join us for our next episode of This Is Reality by following and finding out more information on bpn.fm slash thisisreality. And finally, special thanks to Bea Westby, Katie Rosen, Ayanna Prescott, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.